both come out of the same, you should know me better. <laughs> right. The, the, you should be a mind reader, which none of us are, A. B, when we try, we usually do it very badly. And it's very passive-aggressive. This week, Dr. Noelle Nelson joins us to discuss the four actions that will kill your marriage. She discusses why these are so powerful and what you and your spouse can do about it. Join us to learn how to solve these issues. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm going to keep this short. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. You should know that we have a website, hitchmag.com, with thousands of articles, our complete podcast archive with over 500 episodes, a free weekly newsletter, and more. If you like this podcast, please leave a rating or review to help encourage others to join. And without further ado, enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor-in-chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the lovely Dr. Noelle Nelson. Hi, Noelle. Hi, Steve. Hello. Uh, Noelle, aside from being brilliant, is a clinical psychologist, a consultant, a popular speaker in the U.S. and abroad, and is the author of over a dozen best-selling books, including The Longevity Secret, How to Live Happy, Healthy, and Vibrant into Your 70s, 80s, 90s, and Beyond, and also, one very appropriate for these times, I Survived COVID-19. What now? So, um... Oh, and I should also mention, if you want more information, you can find it at her website, noelnelson.com. Um, okay, so this week, we're going to talk about four guaranteed marriage killers and what to do about them. Uh, you know, reading this, marriage killers sounds awful, and the fact that uh, you added the language of guaranteed makes it seem even worse. Um, <laughs> so let's dive in. What is the first of these guaranteed marriage killers? The first is keeping a scorecard. Ah. As in, you forgot my mother's birthday. Yeah. Well, you forgot that Uncle Harry hates Christmas sweaters. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really obvious what a keeping score card phenomenon is. But the, the problem with it is it devolves into either I'm better than you are or you're worse than I am. And in the long run, the spouses spend more of their energy trying to prove that they're less awful than the mm. other instead of solving whatever created the issue at hand. Right. And that over time, you know, you, you forget really that the issue is what's important and you just spend all of your energy tearing down your partner, which is obviously a guaranteed marriage killer. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. I, I, I've said this multiple times on this podcast, but I do think sometimes that couples forget that they're on the same team. Oh, yes. uh, That they're not trying to fight against each other or prove the other person wrong, but you're both trying, hopefully trying to go towards the same goal. And you might not have the same vision of that, but it, you should be looking down the road in the same direction. Um, I think the word that you use, it's so important that we do tend to forget is a common goal. In other words, obviously we, you're too, unique individuals. Mm -hmm. 
Therefore, inevitably, you're going to have different perspectives on stuff. But the goal is usually to be happy. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we look at the long, 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 long term, it's to be happy together. Right. Um, So uh, if keeping score is a guaranteed marriage killer, what, uh, what is a solution or multiple solutions available? Well, the most obvious, Steve, is to actually deal with whatever the issue is individually, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say that uh, somebody overspends, okay? Mm-hmm. It may be a recurring problem, but whether it is or not, the idea isn't to keep score. That's useless. The idea is to say, okay, we have a budget issue here. Can we talk about it? Mm-hmm. And to do what, what you and I and countless others have spoken to umpteen times, which is communicate. <laughs> right. Right? Instead of kind of storing it like a squirrel nuts for winter. Mm-hmm. Yay, I have something else on you. That that That's just, A, so childish, and even children don't necessarily do it that much. But it's truly killing. And the solution is, obviously, to talk about whatever the issue is. If you need outside help, see a counselor, talk to whoever that wonderful friend is that gives you sound advice, whatever you need to do. But do not be a squirrel and store up awful nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, you mentioned this earlier, but um, you only have so much energy to put into stuff. And to the point that you made earlier, if you're putting your energy into trying to combat your spouse with the scorecard, you you aren't going to be spending that on the solution part of things, of, of how to resolve whatever disagreement you might have. So right. if it's spending or you mentioned, you know, that forgetting that uncle so-and-so doesn't like certain types of sweaters, um, you know, those, those are problems that have solutions and answers to them. Yes. Um, but if all you're trying to do is come up with how your spouse also did something wrong, then you'll never get there. So, right. um, it seems, it seems obvious that, uh, keeping score, um, or not keeping score would be a, an obvious solution to that. Is the second marriage killer as obvious? It is, but let me come back to the scorecard just for a second. Mm-hmm. There is a wonderful scorecard to keep, which mm-hmm. is how many beautiful ways your partner appreciated you ah. in the last day, week, month, year. So it's uh, it's racking up the good points, not the negative points. That's right. Points. That's right. Yeah. So that you can essentially write a love letter to your spouse, I don't know, not necessarily Valentine's Day, on their birthday or on Halloween or whenever it strikes your fancy. It says, honey, I'm so grateful to you. I'm so grateful. I've been keeping score of all the wonderful things you do for me. Mm-hmm. And here they are. Mm-hmm. And this seems actually a little more literal than the the mental scorecard that you keep of the negative things that you just kind of hold on to and it kind of eats away at you and you think about right. it. Whereas this one, it, if I'm understanding you correctly, it's almost like you're making a little bit of a journal and writing down some things that went well in the relationship yes. so that you can uh, resurface them down the road for whatever, you know, whenever you want to express it. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the only kind of scorecard that I, in my experience, should be kept in a marriage. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, and so um, you have the good scorecard. I love that as a solution. What's, what's, the, uh, what's the next marriage killer? Well, the next one is pretty obvious. It's 
called either dropping hints or the silent treatment, Ooh, yeah. which both come out of the same, you should know me better. <laughs> right. The, the, you should be a mind reader, which none of us are, A, mm-hmm. B, when we try, we usually do it very badly. And it's very passive aggressive. Mm-hmm. There's a reason that the term passive aggressive exists, which is it looks passive, like you, you don't say anything, you just drop a hint, or you, mm-hmm. you just don't say anything. But actually, it's aggressive as all heck because it's dirty fighting. Right. Your spouse hasn't a clue, A, what the hint meant, or B, why he or she is getting the cold shoulder. And it, it's, it's terribly unfair. It's actually, as far as I'm concerned, a form of emotional torture. Wow. Okay. I mean, I, I, I love you pointing out the insidiousness of it. Um, and this actually reminds me of another phrase that you brought up once uh, quite a while ago, I think, that I reference all the time, um, which is brutal honesty. Mm. And you at the time pointed out that um, it's great to be honest. There is no reason to be brutal about it. Right. Um, and this passive aggressive um, there's no way to frame the aggression that makes it less insidious. Correct. And so I love you pointing that out. I think that's, mm-hmm. I think that's a good thing to highlight. Mm-hmm. Um, we, so we're, we're not mind readers. I, I, I think it's funny that we, I don't know how this became a romanticized thing where this, like you complete my thoughts type thing happens. Um, so what do we do about it? What we do about it is pretty darned obvious, which is instead of expecting, wanting your partner to mind read you, is just ask for the bloody thing. Mm. It doesn't really matter what it is. It's, you know, honey, I really need a vacation. Honey, I need you to stop talking to me. It doesn't matter what it is. It's just be open. Mm. Then it ceases to be aggression. Then it starts to go into the land that we always want to try to get to called communication. Right. And I think the other thing about this is um, another thing we've talked about in the past about communication is when you have regular open dialogue, the the statement of, hey, I have something to talk to you about becomes less threatening than when you never Correct. communicate with each other. And so when you tell people what you want, what you need on a regular basis in that non-aggressive manner, mm-hmm. it becomes e- it becomes easier and easier and easier over time. It's it's a groove that becomes well-worn and, and smooth and easy to travel mm-hmm. um, as opposed to you only speak up when, you know, something bad has happened or if you really desperately need something and then everything becomes like a bigger issue than it needs to be. So right, right. just, just plainly expressing yourself like, Hey, could, would you mind turning that down? Or, Hey, would you mind, turning, right. you know, whatever. Yeah. I think it's great. And it's, it's the little things. It really is the little things. Mm-hmm. It's, it's being willing to, instead of, you know, just shutting up about it, so to speak, is be willing to say, you know, honey, I, I really am not enjoying this paper napkin thing. Would you mind if we invested in a few cloth napkins? <laughs> it's not world shaking. But I, can I can I give you a real world example really quick? Sure. That happened yesterday. So um, Jess and I, my wife, uh, we have two different sinks in our bathroom. And so she has her sink and I have my sink. And, um, she has her toothbrush and I have my toothbrush. We share the same toothpaste, 
but the sinks are probably like five, six feet apart on like opposite sides of the bathroom. And yesterday she was like, you know, can we just get two different toothpaste? Cause I don't like going all the way to the other side of the counter, uh, to, to borrow the toothpaste after you've done using it. And I was like, of course. Right. And like that simple thing. And then like j- this morning already, she was just praising the decision as like, I'm <laughs> so glad we got two toothpaste, right. you know, and it's like a $2 solution or whatever. It's, right. it was like the easiest thing ever, but it was like this little frustration it, to your point, the little things yep. that can like add up and no longer would she be upset with me, even right. though it wasn't like a me problem about right. like having the toothpaste on my side of the sink. Right. Or counter. Right. And it was much more effective for her to say simply, you know, I, I, I don't like reaching all the way over. Can we just get two tubes? Then to say, get, drop a hint at you would be like, toothpaste again. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that is, it is, it is the quintessential, like small, stupid little thing that will yep. like great at the relationship. Yep. Yep. Um, so the, the, it seems like that one is, that's so, done. I'm I'm seeing a I'm seeing a pattern here with like communication. So this is great. Oh, sure. Um so uh as I was just talking about like openly expressing yourself and all that stuff, are all feelings and desires good to express to your mate? Well, you want to give that a little thought. Mm-hmm. And this is sort of a discussion for another day, which is you want to sort out whether your feelings and desires actually are something appropriate for you to deal with with your mate, or sometimes it's something you need to work on for yourself with yourself. Mm. So it's not this, I can't give a pat answer on that. Mm-hmm. We could do a podcast on it, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, if you have a self-esteem issue and, and you don't feel very worthy it's not necessarily going to resolve things for you to say to your mate, you know, I need you to tell me how wonderful I am more often. Mm -hmm. You Uh, would need to work on your own sense of wonderful or whatever you wish to call it with yourself mm -hmm. so that if there is something to be done with your mate, it's something realistic within the union, if you will. Yeah. Are there certain feelings and desires that might be marriage killers that you should avoid? One is coming up in the next section. <laughs> which which would be? Which would be playing the I'm leaving game. Mm. Emotional blackmail. Got it. Okay. Right? And that would be a desire that, you know, if we, if we frame it that way, Steve, mm-hmm. if you really and truly are no longer comfortable, happy, fulfilled within the relationship, the answer is not to say, I'm leaving. The answer is to say, we need to talk. Okay. Because before you get to go to the I'm leaving part, there has to be an understanding of what that's about. Right. So the one that I'm talking about is is more the emotional blackmail, which is, you know, so, uh, I don't know, yeah, in the midst of, cooking, whatever, there got, oil got spilled on the, on the, uh, the range and he or she just does not seem to notice it, doesn't care, doesn't want to clean it up. And the other one announces, I'm leaving. I can't mm-hmm. handle crap like this. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's, that's not good. In other words, you don't play the I'm leaving card unless there's been 
sufficient discussion and so forth and an understanding between the two of you of why. Right. And, and I would assume that this, that type of the emotional blackmail would also, um, go into other types of threats, uh, made on the relationship. Uh, you know, I'm not going to put up with this any longer kind of stuff. Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And so it's, it's instead of being able to say, you know, you know, I, 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 I feel like you're, you're distant from me sometimes. If instead you say, I, I'm sorry, I can't be married to someone who's distant to me all the time. I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. So it's a huge difference in how you come at whatever the issue is. So it, it seems like this one is more about uh, declarative statements um, as opposed to opening up of a dialogue about why you're making such statements. Right. It's called, do not pull the I'm leaving card unless you're ready to put your feet out the door. Mm-hmm. Just don't. It's it's an inappropriate way of coming at anything mm-hmm. within a marriage. And the problem people don't don't realize is that sometimes you go, I'm leaving, and the other one finally goes, fine, so go. Because mm-hmm. it gets tiresome. Anybody who is regularly subject to the, well, I'm leaving, you know, you're not nice to me, I'm leaving, is eventually just going to go, fine, go. Mm-hmm. Or I would even say that the the threats, so not even saying I'm leaving, but like, you know, if you keep doing this, I'm going to yeah. leave. Right. Those are also, that gets back to what we were talking about before, which about, which is, I mean, kind of passive aggressive, but of course it is kind, more of kind of just aggressive. <laughs> yeah. Um, but again, it's not, it's refusing to deal with the issue at hand. And that is the common theme between right. all these marriage killers. Right. Okay. And so the solution to this one is what? Just don't do it. Don't just, don't do ha- it unless you mean it. Okay. In other words, if, if you really and truly have come to the end of your rope and you guys have had discussion and maybe you've already had counseling and everything else and something was the absolute last straw, fine. But have your bags packed and be gone. And and when you say don't do it unless you mean it, you also then added you've gone to counseling, you've had Correct. open conversations and communication. Correct. So this isn't a um, don't do it if you mean it. Um, if you haven't done any other steps, this is don't do it. If you mean it, uh, if you've really got at the end of your rope and you've gone through all the other steps and there is no way else. Correct. And then you are, and then you are essentially killing the marriage. Yes. And you have to be (laughs) willing to do that. Right. And no marriage should be killed on a whim. Right. Right. Uh, excellent. Um, was there anything else that I skipped over or missed, uh, in these, uh, marriage killers that we need to discuss? Uh, the only one that we might consider briefly is, and it sort of goes into the, um, into previous discussion, which is blaming your partner for how you feel, Mm, Okay. which is, you know, kind of flows through the others, which is if you're feeling unhappy, dissatisfied, unfulfilled, etc., it may have something to do with your partner, but it may not. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is don't blame them for it. Right. Try to work it through. Right. First with yourself, as we mentioned before, and and then as necessary is uh, like Jess did is, you know, could we could we get two toothpaste? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. it, and, and, and if they are um, exacerbating a particular, uh, 
feeling that you're having, Mm -hmm. then you just have that conversation with them, but you don't put all of it on them. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. That would be about it. Yeah. Okay. This is fantastic. Um, well, this was a nice tight one, so we will wrap this up. So thank you so much for your time, Noel. Thank you, Steve. Uh, and before you go, I want to remind you that you have been listening to Dr. Noel Nelson, a clinical psychologist, a consultant, a popular speaker in the U.S. and abroad, and author of over a dozen best-selling books. Uh, Noel is the author of The Longevity Secret, How to Live Happy, Healthy, and Vibrant into your 70s, 80s, 90s, and beyond. She is also the author of I Survived COVID-19, What Now? Finding Happiness and Success in a Post-COVID World. To find out more, you can visit her website, Noel Nelson. And of course, we have all this information listed on our website, hitchmag.com, where we have thousands of free articles available to you, as well as the complete podcast archive with, uh, geez, I think we have over 600 episodes now. So there's a ton of content for you to uh, boost your marriage. So hopefully you check that out. And if you like the podcast, uh, we appreciate you recommending it to others and or Uh, giving it a ranking or review on your favorite podcast player to um, help other people discover it. So that's going to do it. Until next time, take care, everybody.